The Midwest Crime Files is a true crimes podcast. In it, we discuss heinous crimes and how they're committed. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to the Midwest Crime Files. I'm your host, Gina. And I'm Chris. We're here to tell you the stories of small towns and the heinous crimes that changed them forever. This week's story was a listener suggestion, but it was also something that was kind of already on the radar. It's pretty much the definition of a small town shook up by a heinous crime. And just a little forewarning, this does involve uh, violence against children. So please be aware of that if that's a trigger for you. We totally understand. This is the story of The Bridge, the murders of Abigail Williams and Liberty German. On the chilly afternoon of February 13, 2017, two young girls headed out for a day of adventure in their small town of Delphi, Indiana. The trail the girls headed out onto connected to the Moonin High Bridge. This bridge was an old railroad bridge that went over Deer Creek. It was like 70 feet in the air. Like, this is a high bridge. And there were no railings on it. Um, It wasn't in use anymore. So a lot of the railroad ties were rotted. It was just kind of a dangerous. So what was that one movie that had all the boys? Stand By Me. Yeah, they were looking for the dead body. Is it that kind of bridge? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're up really, really high. It's kind of a dangerous area because, like I said, there's no railings. There's no, you know, some of these railroad ties were rotted or missing. Um, But, you know, little, like the kids in the area, they like to hang out there. They like to cross it. It was like a thrill. A, A dare. Like, no. Right. 40 years old, I'm not crossing a 70 foot, no, 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 no. And then no, you no. get to the other side of it and there's like nothing there. You just have to turn around. Hell no. Yeah. Like especially, so, I'm not traveling a bridge on anything that if there's nothing, if there's not cake or pie on the other side of that bridge. Oh Lord. But yeah, I mean, it's just the thrill of it. And that's what kids do. And you know, there wasn't a whole lot else to do in Delphi. So that ended up being some place where, you know, the girls like to hang out on the trails And so that day, the two young girls headed out there. And when one of the parents came to pick them up, they couldn't find the girls. This is the story of the bridge, the murders of Abigail William and Liberty German. Delphi, Indiana is a small rural town in northern Indiana. In 2017, Liberty German and Abigail Williams were eighth grade students at Delphi Community Middle School. Abigail Joyce Abby Williams was born on June 23, 2003 in Michigan. Abby played the saxophone in the school band and was a volleyball player. She enjoyed reading, camping, swimming, and being outdoors. Her best friend was Liberty, who went by Libby, German. She was born December 27, 2002 in Lafayette, Indiana. She enjoyed playing volleyball, softball, soccer, swimming, She was also um, participating in the academic bowl and was an honor student. These were both really good kids looking forward to going to high school the following year. Um, Just good kids. They didn't get in trouble. They made good grades. Um, You know, by all accounts, they were just 
everything that you would want in your kid. On Sunday, February 12th, Abby and Libby were looking forward to having that Monday off of school. The girls had a sleepover at Libby's house Sunday night, and they planned to spend Monday together. On Monday, February 13th, Abby and Libby asked Libby's older sister to take them out to the Moon and High Trail. The girls took sweatshirts because, I mean, this is February in the Midwest. There might be some warm days, but it's going to get cold. The girls were going to be picked up by a parent just a few hours later. They headed off to the bridge, and, you know, a lot of people thought this was Abby's first time crossing the bridge, so Libby wanted her to cross it. And if you go to our um, blog post, you can actually see pictures of the bridge, including Snapchat pictures that Libby took on her phone that afternoon. Yeah. And so you can see Abby crossing the bridge. Libby was taking it on Snapchat, and one of their friends actually, like, screenshotted the Snapchat, not realizing how significant it would be. When the girls went, were to be picked up, they were nowhere to be found. Family and friends searched the trail. They searched the bridge. They thought maybe the girls fell. You know, that was a real possibility. Abby and Libby were reported missing at 5.30 p.m. Friends of the girls reported that Libby had posted the photo of Abby walking on the bridge around 2 p.m., And like I said, she had taken a screenshot of that because with Snapchat, for those of you who don't know, um, the pictures go away unless you screenshot them. Yeah, us older people would have gotten so much trouble with that app. Yes, yes, we would have. Um, So in between two and three, when the parent came to pick them up, something terrible had happened and the girls were nowhere to be found. The next day... On Valentine's Day, the girls were found near the trail, but down a hill, and they had both been brutally murdered. A lot of the details of the murder are still not known, and I'll explain that as we go. Police were tight-lipped, as they should be. The girls' deaths were ruled homicides, and police alluded to a sexual motive, but they've never come out and said. I mean, in any investigation, you have to hold back some details so that when you get your suspect, you can have them tell you something that they wouldn't know otherwise. Um, Police officers did find Libby's cell phone, and on her cell phone, they found some pretty important evidence. Libby had a sense of mind to record their attacker. On her phone. What is that? So damn smart. Yes. A grainy image of a man walking on the bridge was shown to the media. He appeared to be a middle aged man. He had his hands in his pockets, his head down, and a jacket and a hoodie on, and he was walking towards the girls. And I do have this picture from her cell phone on the um, blog, as well as an enhanced version of it, enhanced by law enforcement. So you can kind of, I mean, it's not enough to identify them, but it's enough to kind of get an idea of what they're looking for. Right. I mean, this narrows it down substantially. I mean, right. I'm lo- like, guys, I'm looking here, looking at the phone or the photo as well. And yeah, like it's not, yeah, it's not the best of quality, like you said, but damn it, like there's a lot of information on that, like in that photo that can be like, hey, this is what we're looking for. Right. And I don't know how big of a town Delphi is. It's very small. 300 people like so maybe a little more but it's a small i'm sure it's one of those things where 
everybody knows everybody. Right. So that kind of photo would definitely be like amazing. Yeah. And, it, and it's so it's so sad that she had the presence of mind to be like, this isn't looking good. Like this doesn't yeah. look good. I wonder if he had said something to them before he had started walking up to him. And that's what kind of gave her the creepy feeling. Or if it was just like, no, this is just creepy feeling altogether. Yeah, who knows? She was a smart young lady, though. Yeah, very smart. The families of Liberty and Abigail were beyond devastated, of course. I mean, you lose a young child like that. I mean, it's just devastating. Delphi was not the kind of town associated with violent crime. And so now everybody was living in fear. Like, we've said this before, but this was literally a town where you did not lock your doors. And now they had to lock their doors. All the children were in danger because they didn't know who did this. Was he still out there? Was he going to strike again? Police released the first sketch of the suspect based off the photos found on Libby's phone. And it was widely circulated, widely publicized. Abby and Libby's families prayed someone would recognize the face. And you can see the sketch on the blog. And, I mean, it's a pretty distinct sketch, right? Yeah, it is. On February 22nd, police released audio recordings they found on Libby's phone. So not only did she take a picture, she started recording. This I mean, girl. She was a smart girl. Yeah. Jesus. On the recording, the voice of the sp- suspect can be heard, although it's a little muffled. And he says very eerily, down the hill, ordering the girls down the hill. And that's where they were found at the bottom of the hill. The voice of the killer was captured by his victim, and Libby's family felt like Libby had so much forethought to get as much evidence as she could, knowing something bad was going to happen to her. So although it was devastating to, to know that she probably knew something really bad was about to happen, at the same time, they were proud of her for her wise behavior, her... I- I couldn't imagine being the family knowing that my daughter had the foresight to one, take a picture of him and then two to record it. Right. But then have to, then I would have to see and hear the picture and recording. Knowing, like you said, knowing that the inevitable is going to happen and it's going to be bad. Yeah. And, and so the entire recording has never been released. Only parts of it. So, But Libby's and Abby's families both thought, you know, Libby's smart moves would certainly help them catch this person. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, it's one thing to have, like, the grainy photo. Like, hell, we've seen a ton of, like, bank robberies and stuff like that mm-hmm. where the photo's not the greatest and nothing ever happens. Right. But now you've got an audio recording of what this guy sounds like. Right. And, and police have never released the whole thing. So nobody really knows ex- all of what's recorded. Right. I'm imagining you can hear audio from the whole thing. I'm sure you can. And I can't imagine having to be that officer that has to listen to that. Yeah. Oh, God, punch me in the stomach already. Like, yeah. that just makes me want to cry. Um, and, like, it's even, like, within it, because this is a recent case, so it's right. not like this is in the 80s where, like, voice recognition software and stuff like that isn't, like, we have things to... Be like, hey, we're going to put this through a mapper. And I can get people to say a certain line. 
right that has the same words and stuff and be like yes that is a perfect match right the first suspect in this case um appears to have been a man named ron logan he actually owned the property the girls were found on in an affidavit for a search warrant filed in march of 2017 police state the bodies have been staged and a piece of clothing was taken from the girls the police believe the killer had blood on himself and took the clothing as a souvenir. So I guess the thought was because this was his property, he probably felt comfortable and he was easy to for him to get away and yeah, to clean I mean, up, you know, without yeah. being seen. So they did um, end up getting a search warrant. And what I have on the blog, if you guys want to look at it, they had him walk in sort of the same mannerisms as the pictures from Libby's phone, and they kind of compared them. I don't think he looks like him personally, but I guess a lot of people did. Mm, no. Like, no. I, it's, there's some different things, like the, the, the size of the gate and stuff like that that I'm looking at. And you guys really need to probably listen to this while you're looking like reading the blog post so you can get yeah. a, like a sense of what we're looking at. That's what we need to do is start plugging that. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's similar. Maybe I don't, I don't know. But to me, it doesn't look like him. The but. photo that, um, Abby took, or was it Abby or Libby Libby took like, that doesn't look like an, a 77 year old man. I wouldn't think so either. Oh, I'm sorry. We haven't said that. Have we said the how old he is? I don't think so, but that's all right. Right. While investigating Logan, police learned that he had a history of violence. Two former girlfriends had reported domestic violence and death threats. He was 77, like Chris said, but he was apparently in pretty good health, had no trouble walking. His build and stature were similar to that grainy image. And like I said, I can see maybe a little similarity, but... I would never have connected those two from pictures alone. Uh, Ron Logan lied to investigators and he asked his cousin to tell investigators that if police asked that he his cousin should say that he picked Ron up between 2 and 2.30 on the day of the murder. So that's a little sus. That is very suspect. You know, you're kind of making it a little worse for yourself. Furthermore, cell phone records indicated Logan's phone was in the area of the bridge on the day the girls died. It's now, not looking great. But I'm going to play devil's advocate here. It's his property. It's his property. Right. So it really and doesn't. Like, it, I don't know the metadata that they're using, like, to actually pinpoint where he, like, the locations is. But those things can be off by feet yards miles right depending on like what data there is and how many different cell phone towers there are like to triangulate where that signal's coming from exactly you know exactly. so if it's only taking stuff from like one or two towers you'll get a broad representation and be like yeah he was in that area but that area could be a two three mile exactly like, circle i'm just like i said i'm just playing devil's advocate here and oh definitely definitely in 2017, just after the murders, Ron Logan was interviewed by the media, and I'm going to have Chris re read what he said. To have anyone murdered on your property, I don't know what my feelings are right now. 
It caught me by surprise. I haven't really had a chance to let it all soak in. I know the families, end quote. I mean, that seems like a pretty genuine response. It does sound like a genuine response. And once again, yes, he has possibly a violent past, you know, and he did have his cousin lie for him. Right. I can't. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying we have enough to rule him out. I don't have enough that I would be convinced. No, there's, there's de- like definitely nothing. Right. Um. So police searched his home, his property, his digital devices, and they never said what they found or didn't find. But it obviously wasn't enough because Ron Logan was never charged with any uh, crime, and he actually passed away in January of COVID nineteen. So. There's a couple people, like, suspects that have died of COVID. Yeah. Like, that's weird that that's kind of, like, starting to, like, eke into our stories. I know. The I pandemic know. of 2020. So, and I mean, 22. I don't know. I, there's things about him I don't like, but I don't know. You know, obviously, there was never enough to arrest right. him. Like, and good on the police for not, like, this is one of those ones where you want the person dead to rights. Right. And if there's not enough evidence... Even though if you have a hunch, like, don't pursue it until you have the evidence. Right. Unfortunately, he passed away. So, you know, I guess let, let's keep on keeping on. Yeah. The second suspect was a man named Daniel Nations. He was a registered sex offender from Indiana. He was arrested in September of 2017 in Colorado because he was threatening people on a trail with a hatchet. That's a little strange. His expired Indiana plates were noticed and police also noticed he had an outstanding warrant. So he was arrested. He was sentenced to three years in probation of probation in the Colorado incident. So you threaten someone with a hatchet, you get probation in Colorado. That's crazy. That's ridiculous. Right? Like, damn. Yeah. So he was transferred back to an Indiana jail because he had failed to register as a sex offender. Although he was a strong suspect, he was actually ruled out in the murder case. And we don't specifically know a lot of the details. Right. And that's a weird, like, I mean, if anybody, that would be like my primo suspect, I guess. Right. But I, like you said, there's not a lot of evidence that was released to the public. Right. So. And apparently they had enough to completely rule him out. Okay. So I don't know what they had and what they didn't have. And I'll explain why there's so many missing pieces as right. we go on. Between 2017 and 2019, several other suspects and clues were investigated, but no arrests were made. On April 19, 2019, the investigators held a press conference where a second sketch was introduced. The sketch looked very different from the first sketch, and many people were upset and confused because they had spent two years looking for this man in this first sketch. And the second sketch was completely different. It was a clean-shaven, much, much, much younger male. Police said they now believe the suspect lived or worked in Delphi and was between the ages of 16 and 40. They stated he may appear younger than his actual age. So now I'm looking at the second sketch and like it's completely different. It is 100% different. Like the other one looked like an older gentleman, like mid 30s, 40s. Scruffy. Yeah. This looks like a clean shaven, like 20 year old. Yeah. Completely freaking different from the first one. And I would see how the people at Delphi would be pissed off. It's like, dude. 
we've been searching for a couple of years already for this one. And now you're saying, oh, wait, no, 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 no. It's this one. Right. But once again, I'm sure there's something that brought that upon him. So, yeah. Despite the new sketch and confidence of the detectives at the press conference, there were no arrests made. The search continued as Libby and Abby's family struggled to move forward and find answers. The case remained open with not all details being released since it's an ongoing investigation. In April of 2021, a slimmer of hope reappeared when a man named James Brian Chadwell was arrested. The crime he was arrested for was horrific, leading police to believe he may be capable of the Delphi murders. So there's a picture of him. He looks a lot like the second sketch. Yeah, he does. But he also kind of looks like the first one, too. Yeah. Like there's not like not a lot, but there's enough where it's like, eh, you could if you composited both of those together. Right. You would get him. Yeah. In 2021, Chadwell kidnapped, sexually assaulted and attempted to murder a nine year old girl in Lafayette, Indiana. Given the proximity and similarities, Chadwell was identified as a person of interest in the murders of Abby and Libby. His own family said, quote, He's a monster. Exactly. He's an absolute evil person. End quote. His own family said they would not be shocked at all if he was the murderer from Delphi. You know, when your family knows who you are. Right. And has no problems telling people that you're a piece of shit. Right. Family members voice they believe he was very much capable of murder. He looked very similar to both of the sketches, really. Despite this development, though, there was no arrest following. James Chadwell was sentenced to 90 years in prison for his crimes against his nine-year-old victim. He won't be eligible for parole until he's 113 years old. So he is behind bars for the rest of his life, but he's never been charged with the Abby and Libby murders. Well, but... Like, and that's kind of shitty because, like, this family still doesn't have closure. Like, the families of Abby and Libby still don't have closure. Right. You know? In July of 2021, police in Carroll County, Indiana, imposed a ban on the release of any information about persons of interest in the case, citing that this was an open investigation. In December of 2021, police were investigating an online profile that was using a male model's photos to attract young girls. The model was unaware his pictures were being used in a catfish scheme, and he was not considered a suspect. The profile, named Anthony Schatz, belonged to a man named Keegan Klein. So here's a picture of Keegan. He kind of looks like the first photo. He, that's, and he's got that same build. And he's younger. And he's younger. Yeah. It's like if you're I'm, like I'm scrolling back up to look at the photos that they took, and that looks a, like I know I've said this a lot in this case already, but this one looks a lot more like the actual photo that was taken. Yeah. Not the actual like not the sketches or anything like that, but the actual fucking photo. Right. So Keegan Klein was arrested in August of 2021 for multiple crimes, including child exploitation, possession of child pornography, synthetic electronic deception, and obstruction of justice. The FBI had raised Klein's, raided Klein's property two weeks after the murders of Abby and Libby, 
and he was found to have created a fake social media account in order to make contact and solicit young girls. Let's make matters worse. Not only was he soliciting young girls, he had actually talked to Liberty German the day before her murder. Oh, shit. Yes. He lived in Peru, Indiana, and his fake account was directly linked to Libby. She had been talking with him online. Digital forensics showed that Keegan, using his fake name and photo, had been in contact with her, and he admitted that. They said on Sunday, February 12th, he talked to her online, and they made plans to meet up on February 13th, the day of the murders. Keegan said that despite being in contact with the girl, he knew nothing about her death. He said, quote, I literally have no clue how that girl died. I don't know anything, anything to do with it. Yeah, that is a weird coincidence that I happened to talk to her. Like, I get that, end quote. So basically he's saying, yeah, I talked to her. Yeah, I, I made plans to meet up with her, but I did. I have Jesus no idea what fuck. happened to her. He also stated that his father also had access to his account, sort of hinting that maybe his father was responsible. The evidence shows that he told someone online that he was supposed to meet up with Libby on Monday, but she never showed up. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm, I'm leading towards right in here as our, our suspect. Despite the new leads, no arrest has ever been made in this case. Case remains open, which is why there's not a lot of details. Um, it's still open to this day, and they don't divulge a lot of information because they're trying to protect it. And the town of Delphi is just devastated that this crime has never been solved, and it's been five years, almost six, and they've yet to arrest anybody. Well, that's a good thing, though. At least the police of Delphi are like, no, like, we're going to keep this tight to our you know belt and hopefully we'll actually like we'll get somewhere right and just, when that and when that time comes fuck you guys we're gonna nail you with everything we got i can't imagine living there no especially after police said he's most likely lives or works here and it's right. like how do you let your kids outside did they ever say how much uh klein got like i think he's still pending he's still pending yeah in September of 2022, so just last month, police in Indiana searched the Wabash River in Peru, two miles from Klein's house. The search ended at the end of September, and it's not clear if there was any evidence obtained that would be useful in this case. It seems like to this day, police are focused on Klein right now. Right. So, I mean, I have a feeling that he well, might be our, our killer. Right. And then I wonder if they're like like we're dredging the river to see if maybe he, this wasn't the first time or his maybe he put their clothes in there or something right please continue to say klein is a person of interest and he remains jailed on child pornography and other charges so he is behind bars so if he is the killer at least he's in jail right abigail williams and liberty german they would have been starting college now almost six years after the murder justice has never been served some criticized law enforcement in the case, first for the wildly different sketches that were released. And also, on the day the girls were found, cadaver dogs were on their way from Missouri. But when they found the girl's body, they called the cadaver dogs off. 
And a lot of people are saying they should have let those bloodhounds come out because they still could have found evidence. And so there's some criticism with that, too, that if they had let the bloodhounds come out, maybe they would have found other pieces of evidence that could have been useful. Well, at that point, you don't really need a cadaver. Like, you don't need cadaver dogs for that, though. Like, they're specifically trained for dead bodies. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I you guess know. the thought is they could have smelled something and maybe found something. I don't know. Um, they also say the FBI failed to secure surveillance footage from a gas station in Delphi early in the investigation. And a lot of people are upset about that because it wasn't the small town Delphi Police Department. This was the FBI. Right. That messed up. The superintendent of the Indiana State Police told Good Morning America in February of 2022 that they know who did this, but they can't yet make an arrest. I really think it's Keegan Klein. I really, really do. Right. I don't know that clearly, but that's just my, my Well, like, if you, like, think about it. Like, if you're a citizen in the city of Delphi and you've been following the story from the beginning and you've had three different people be yep it was him nope nope wait it was him nope nope not this klein guy and then the superintendent or this guy comes on good morning america and been like oh yeah we can't make an arrest yet when you say that which tells me it's not logan which which is in in my mind when i hear we can't make an arrest yet well fuck the guy's still out there then like he's still doing maybe he's arrested for other charges he can't be arrested for murder yet I, i i know that in my, I, I know that, but if I'm a normal citizen following this, and you're saying, oh, well, we just can't arrest him yet, well, then, fuck. That means, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, that's still just the person is still out and around the county. That's scary, too. Because it, it, it very well could be. I mean, there's a part of me that still thinks it might have been the landowner, but by that statement, I would say no, because he's dead. So they wouldn't make that comment, because right. they would never be able to make an arrest. He's dead. Right. They would just close the case. Yeah, they would be like, hey, this is the evidence that was brought upon, like, brought up against. This is, you know, I'm sure, do they have to, would they show that in, like, a court, I wonder? Like, in front of a judge, be like, hey, this is the evidence A, B, C, and D, and this is how we're going to tie it to them? Or can they just make, a, like, a statement and be like, hey, we were going to charge this person with it, but they were dead, but they're they died, and... This is the evidence against it. I think they would have to speak to the state's attorney to have it officially closed, but I don't think they'd have to go to court. But I really think that the guy is sitting there on federal child porn charges, and I think he's probably the one who did it. He probably made plans with her to meet up with her, and then... And then I... I, Was a fucking psychopath. Well, he said he was going to make the plans to meet up with her, and then... He was, he was he was in contact with Abby, right? Libby. Libby. Sorry. And then which one was Abby said that she had never crossed the bridge before. Correct. Libby had, and Libby's also the so, one who recorded. Like I don't. So maybe she made plans to meet up with him there, and then when she saw him, she's like, "I better record this just in case." I don't Got know. An eerie feeling about it. I don't know. Abby and Libby's families remember them and they honor them through the L&A Park Foundation. The nonprofit was created to oversee the construction of a $1 million park that will include ball fields, playgrounds, and an amphitheater. Construction began on the park in 2019. 
The purpose of the park is to give the children in Delphi a safe place to hang out outdoors other than the bridge. The foundation was awarded a $50,000 grant from the NBA All-Star Legacy Grant. The LNA Park Foundation continues to accept donations to further the park project in memory of Abby and Libby. Perhaps inspired by her sister's case, Kelsey German is attending Purdue University studying forensic science. If you have any information on the murders of Abby and Libby, please contact the Delphi Police Department or the Indiana State Police. I hope somebody somewhere knows something that can connect the dots and lead to an arrest. Yeah, me too. Like, and especially since, you know, they are saying that we just don't like, we know who it is. We just don't have enough yet. Right. You know, and that just sucks so bad. It really does. And this case has been the subject of multiple documentaries, multiple podcasts. There's a podcast called Down the Hill that I highly recommend. It's much more thorough and in-depth podcast about the case. Um, It's just a baffling case and a tragic case and so sad. Yeah, very sad. So sad. But hopefully... You know, we'll get a break in this case and we can post it all over Facebook and share with all of you guys as soon as, you know, maybe they make an arrest and we can all cheer and be happy that there's might one day be closure for these families. Yeah. So what do you think of that one, Chris? Very heartbreaking. Yes. Very heartbreaking. It is. And just and it's not just because it was two kids that had been murdered, but the fact that uh, there's no closure. No, there's not. It's just, it's a very sad, sad story. It makes me very sad. And if you guys want to see the pictures, the sketches, the pictures that Libby took on her phone and all the information that we talked about today, just go on over to the blog post, www.themidwestcrimefiles.com. Like and follow us on Facebook. And we did get a few new Patreon supporters. So thank you guys so much. We appreciate Um, you. We are going to have some special things coming out in the next couple of weeks for our Patreon supporters. So if you want to get in on that, it's not too late. Just head on over and you can look in the show notes or you can go from our website or Facebook page and you can find the link to Patreon and you'll have access to our entire catalog of exclusive episodes and um, some really cool content too. There's some like letters and different things. It's really neat. Yep. And like when, like we say all the time, if you guys have any ideas for stories or information that we need to get to, go ahead and reach out to us on either Patreon or uh, Facebook. And just like this story did, you know, it was already in kind of Gina's preview and in the wheelhouse getting ready to get going. But because of one of the listeners like recommended it and requested it, it got bumped up to being now. So, yep. And we will see you guys next week. Yep. Bye, Bye. guys.